Today on Pentecost Sunday, we are making it a point to express our gratitude to all of those who are involved in our ministries today. We have 110 ministries here at St. Joseph's, and we have hundreds if not thousands of people who are involved in them. So we're doing this Java with Joe to express our gratitude for the great service that people do, the self-giving that reflects God's self-giving in our lives. Thank you so much for all that you do, everyone involved in our ministries here at St. Joseph's. When I was a newly ordained priest, I was sent to Lagos, Nigeria, to a parish in St. Mary's, in a place that the locals call Jungle City. It was actually a very beautiful place when you got to know the people. It was very, very poor, and the people lived in very difficult conditions, but they were very beautiful and good people. I remember one afternoon, I was praying in, or in my room, praying or writing, and everything is open there. All the churches, the sides are open. Your windows are open all the time because of the heat and humidity. And I heard somebody screaming in the church. And it was like very, very, very huge screaming. So when I went over and people were stopping and looking around and, and inside the church there was a woman before the tabernacle. And she was screaming and she was crying and she was like in a frenzy. It was like something ferocious. And eventually we found out that the women there, some women came around her to console her, that, that, she, that her son, her child, little child, was seriously sick with malaria in a clinic down the road. So when she saw me, she grabbed me by the hand and demanded, dragged me, forced me to go with her. She went running, I went running after her. I was afraid not to. <laughs> down to her son, and he was very sick with malaria. So I blessed him, I prayed with him, I prayed with people there. We prayed that the child would get well. And then I came back and I left the mother there, and after Mass that evening, around 7 o'clock in the evening, as it was getting dark, she was back in the church once again. And I could hear her kind of screaming and, and praying and crying. And it was very, very loud indeed. And eventually, because we had to lock up the place that night for security, she, she went back to the clinic to be with her son. Early the next morning, I said, I better go back to the clinic to see how she is. And I did. And I went back and thankfully, the malarial medication had kicked in and her son was sitting up and eating. Part of me was actually afraid because I was afraid that it might have gone the other way. And I will be honest with you, I was kind of afraid to encounter her if that had happened because there was such, let me use the word ferociousness about her, a ferocity about her and about wanting her son to live. And as I was reflecting on Pentecost Sunday and what it means, that's the story that came into my mind. Because the God that we worship 
has a ferocity of love for each one of us. That woman that I encountered in Nigeria, it is only a mere reflection of the ferocity of love that God has for each one of us and what God wants for each one of us. And that is what we are celebrating in Pentecost Sunday. I want to read this. It is a ferocity of love that brought Jesus to the cross, where his love reached its climax and became in the resurrection the all-persuasive power of the Holy Spirit. That love of God that was in Jesus that came, brought him to the cross, where it reached its climax, was released in his death on the cross and became in his resurrection the all-persuasive power of the Holy Spirit. And that ferocious love has been poured out into the world in which we live in today and is alive and active in the world in which we live in. At Pentecost, for the disciples in the upper room, it was such a ferocious love that it sounded like a hurricane, that it ignited into flames of fire. So powerful was it. They were gathered in the upper room, doors closed, wrapped in fear that they would suffer the same death that Jesus did. Even worse, wrapped in unforgiveness because they had all betrayed Jesus. They had abandoned him and even Peter had denied him many times and disowned him. So they were isolated, they were guilty, they were terrified. But yet that love that was released in the death of Jesus on the cross and became the Holy Spirit present to them was something that changed that completely. Their experience of the Holy Spirit brought them peace in the midst of fear, brought them the freedom that comes from God's forgiveness in people's lives, a forgiveness that is total and unconditional, and brought them courage to be witnesses of that in the world in which we live in. So no longer could they be contained in fear. No longer could they be imprisoned in unforgiveness. No longer were they full of fear and anxiety, but now they were full of courage. In a short time, Peter went from being the one who denied to the one who proclaimed. And what were they proclaiming? They were proclaiming what they had become. And that was what God was revealing his plan for the world in which we live in. A community of disciples who became a community that lived in the light of God's forgiveness. They were a people of forgiveness, of receiving God's forgiveness and passing on God's forgiveness. They were not a people who lived in fear and resentment. They were a community that lived in forgiveness. And they were a community then that went out 
to other people as well. It is interesting that there were people from all over the world gathered at that time. So what God does is God brings people together. God unites people. And St. Paul said, there's neither Greek nor Jew, slave nor free man, rich or poor. All are one in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this community of forgiveness transcends the bonds of division that exists among people. It is a community that brings, heals the forgiveness, the unforgiveness that exists among people. And that is a beautiful template for all of us. And when it was happening, as they were speaking, some of those resisted what, what the disciples were doing. Do you know, he said, where did they get all of this from? Remember when Jesus is preaching in the temple? And he said, who is this guy talking like this? Is he not the son of Joseph? And later they wanted to take him out and throw him off the cliff top, stone him to death. So the community, always being faithful to God, encounters some resistance in their lives. So my dear friends, the message is very beautiful. It is a message in which what God is calling us into is into a loving relationship with other people in our lives other disciples in our lives. God's way is the way of community, the priority of relationship. It is a message of union and communion, union with God and communion with other people. But the communion is driven by opening ourselves to divine forgiveness in our lives. And it is out of that freedom then we can relate to other people and set them free for anything in their life that is isolating them, that is ensnaring them, that is keeping them locked up in unforgiveness in their lives. So the message of the Pentecost is the way that Jesus wanted us to remember and to actualize in our lives. It is the way of forgiveness. Let us open ourselves to God's forgiveness. Let us open ourselves and release ourselves to anything in our life that is holding us in unforgiveness. There is nothing that you have ever done or ever could do that is beyond God's forgiveness. All is forgiven. And it is out of this beautiful forgiveness that God is inviting you to become agents of forgiveness towards other people as well, so that they too may experience the fire of God's invitation, the, the wind of God's healing, and the fire of bringing that to other people in the world in which we live in.